You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We've always said that the final Mishnah of any chapter is very often significant. We close the first chapter of Rosh Hashanah on the questions on the Sifra. Elamor with a drush on the verse, The festivals have to be called in their time. And we're going to come back to the same question as we close the second chapter of the Mishnah of Rosh Hashanah. We were talking about the interrogation of the witnesses, the fact that we only need two witnesses in order to give evidence that the new moon has been, been seen, we're going to briefly interrogate all of the other witnesses so that they're motivated to keep going in the future. And then once we've done that, we can declare the month to be a new month. Rosh Bet Din Omer Mukudash. The head of the court says it is sanctified. Mukudash. And all the people answer after him, sanctified, sanctified. It's a public proclamation. It's a um, from the Bet Din to the people. That's how you declare the new month. And if they don't have time, by the way, to announce Mukudash, then it's not a new month. I mean, the day can tick over. Remember that a new a Jewish month can be either 29 or 30 days. The exact time is 29 and a half days. So it's either 29 or 30 days. So... If it's going to be a 29-day month, on the 30th day, you have to say, this is the first day of the new month. Mukudash, Mukudash. If you can't do that before sunset, you missed the chance. It's going to be a 30-day month and the new the, the Rosh Chodesh is the following day. And the Mishnah continues. Whether the new moon is set is seen at its proper time. Now we're talking about being seen on the 30th day or before the 30th day. If it's seen at the proper time to be able to call the new month on the 30th day or not at its proper time, i.e. we're going to let the old month have 30 days and the new moon's going to be on the 31st day, we still makachin utor, we still sanctify it, we still declare it makudash. And Rabbi Elazar, but Rabbi Tzadok, Rabbi Elazar, but Tzadok is going to disagree. Imlo ni Rabbi's mano, ein mekajin oto shekvar kichuhu shemaim. If it's not seen at its proper time, if we don't get a crack at seeing the new moon in time to declare effectively a twenty-nine day month to say Rosh Chodesh is the thirtieth day. If we don't declare it, if we don't see the moon at the, by that point, we don't need to declare that the following day, the 31st day, is Rosh Chodesh because it's obvious. And a Jewish month can only be 29 or 30 days. So Rosh Chodesh has to be on the 30th or the 31st. There's no other option. Shekfar kitshuhu shemaim. Heaven has already sanctified it. There's no need to take any human action. And here, maybe here we have shades. 
of a debate about the boundary between halachic reality and physical reality. Rabbi Elazar Bar-Tzadok is saying, look, physical reality takes um, takes priority here. We know it's Rosh Chodesh. We know it's Rosh Chodesh because it wasn't sanctified yesterday. So there's nothing more to say about it. And the halacha goes according to Rabbi Elazar Bar-Tzadok. He is right. The physical reality wins out. But we'll see. It's not so easy. Let's look at Rabban Gamliel. This is Rabban, must be Rabban Gamliel. This must be Rabban Gamliel, the, the younger, because he's, he's in Yavne. He's in Yavne. Demut surot levanot hayulo Rabban Gamliel betavla bakotel baaliato. Rabban Gamliel had diagrams of the moon on a tablet on the wall of his upper chamber. And he used to show them. Shebahen mare et ahediotot. He used to show the uh, hediot. You can feel hediot is a Greek word, which is cognate with the English word idiot. But it doesn't mean someone who's stupid. It's just an, a hediot in the language of the Mishnah. is just a regular guy. Just a regular guy, a normal person. Shebahen mareet a hediot tot. He used to show the normal people these pictures. And he used to say, Ve'omer hakaze ra'ita o chaze. Did you see that? Or did you see that? Just like the diagram of the new moon that we were looking at yesterday. So we that that is a new moon. And if it's flipped round the other way, it's an old moon. He probably had one of these and one of those. And he'd say, was it like that one or like that one? That's what Rabban Gamliel used to do. Because to, to this extent, at least, Rabban Gamliel is with the physical reality. But, and there's always a but in the Mishnah. It happened that two witnesses came and said, we saw it in the morning in the east and in the evening in the west. Now that's completely impossible. You actually see the new moon rising in the west in the evening. In other words, the sun is setting and the new moon is rising. That's why it's so hard to see, by the way, because it's against the sun. It's absolutely impossible to see it in the morning in the east. The Amar Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri said, they're lying. But when they got to Yavne, Rabban Gamliel accepted them. Let's keep going. The odd. We two other witnesses came and they said we saw it at its proper time. Bismano here means in time on, on the 29th day. We saw it on the 29th or the 29th and a half day in time to declare a short month. And then when it was on the now on the night that it was pregnant, the day for the, the adjective for a long month, a 30-day month, or for that matter, a long year, a 13-month year, is mu'ubar or mu'uberet. It's the same adjective as pregnant. Just let's hold on to that. Uvalel iburo, and on the night of its extension or its pregnancy, lo nira, I didn't see it. 
Vekiblan, Rabban Gamliel, and Rabban Gamliel accepted them. Amar Rabbi Dosa, Amar Rabbi Dosa, Ben Harkinas, Rabbi Dosa Ben Harkinas said, Ade Shekerhem, they're lying. How can you give evidence that a woman has given birth and the next day her stomach is between her teeth? It's a pun, right? It's a pun on the word mu'ubar. It's a pun on the word pregnant. It's just not possible. Amar Rabbi Yehoshua ani et devarecha. Rabbi Yehoshua said, I can see what you're saying. Ro'e'ani has a sense, by the way, of agreeing with. Like, Lora'iti tzaddik ne'ezav. I didn't agree with a, with a, with a tzaddik who was abandoned. Ro'e'a has, has a sense of agreeing with. Rabbi Yoshua is of the old school and he believes in truth. He, he's a blacksmith, Rabbi Yoshua. He's a, he's a tzaddik, right? He believes in plain old honesty. He, he, yeah, he, 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 Rabban Gamliel, Rabbi Yoshua is a blacksmith and he believes in truth and honesty. Rabban Gamliel is the head of the Bet Din. He's a political figure. His family have run the, you know, the, the, he comes from three generations of leaders of the Bet Din and there are going to be three generations of the leaders of the Bet Din after him. Rabban Gamliel is a politician. That's how they are different. And Rabban Gamliel probably had a very good reason for wanting the new moon to come on that day. Remember, we've said that they can calculate the new moon. And we've said that they calculate the calendar in order to make life work for the Jewish people. So there are certain days, for example, you know, we talked yesterday about the fact you don't want Yom Kippur to fall on Friday and you don't want it to fall on Sunday. So there are certain responsibilities that the head of the Bet Din carries, which an ordinary tzaddik like Rabbi Yoshua does not carry. So we can imagine why Rabbi Gamliel might have wanted to accept their evidence. And we've talked before about how important the calendar was. The calendar is a question of, um, it's a bone of contention. Right with the with the uh, with the Karaites, with the Sadducees, with the um, with the Kutim, all these guys who have different beliefs. Maybe you don't accept the authority of the rabbis. If you don't accept the authority of the rabbi, you don't accept the authority of the Bet Din. So the calendar is much more than just a calendar. And we've said, you know, we can break Shabbat to bring evidence about the calendar. The calendar is incredibly important. So let's see how Rabban Gamliel reacts. Shalach lo Rabban Gamliel. So Rabban Gamliel sends to him, to Rabbi Yoshua. Gozrani alecha shetavo etzli b'maklecha uvmoatecha b'yom hakipurim shechal liot b'cheshponcha. I order you to appear before me with your staff and your money on the day which, according to your count, should be Yom Kippur, i.e. you are going to publicly accept my judgment as head of the Bet Din. You may be right on the physical reality, but I am right on halachic reality. And for Rabbi Hoshua, 
who is a tzaddik and a simple guy, this is very painful. Halach umutsa'or Rabbi Akiva meitzer. Rabbi Akiva went and found him in distress. Rabbi Akiva is a sort of middleman. When there's a, the dispute between Rabbi Hoshua and Rabbi Eliezer, the oven of Achnai, on this occasion, Rabbi Yoshua is going to win and Rabbi Eliezer is going to be excommunicated. But again, it's Rabbi Akiva who goes to the one who's been excommunicated. It's Rabbi Akiva who goes to see Rabbi Eliezer to comfort him. Rabbi Akiva is somehow, he's somehow, he's a person of Saho peace. He's someone who can kind of join things together. And by the way, he joins them together with Drush. Rabbi Akiva is not only a man of peace, but he's a man of Drush. So he goes and he finds Rabbi Yoshua in, in tears. Amarlo, yesh li lil mod asa Rabban Gamliel asui. I can give you a drush to teach that whatever Rabban Gamliel has done is done. Shene mar eile moade adonai mikrai kodesh asher tikru'u otam b'moadam. Bein bizmanam, bein shelo bizmanam, ein li moadot eila elu. These are the festivals of the Lord, the holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. It's from Vaikra. We recite this verse, by the way, at Kiddush on Yom Tov. It's the one of the most. It's one of the most recited verses I'd say in the Torah because we recite it at Kiddush on Yom Tov, and it's in the laning for Emor, which we read on the first and the second, certainly on the second day of Pesach and. Sukkot, and maybe even on, well, we read it quite a few times. These are the appointed times of the Lord, which you shall proclaim at their appointed time. Asher tikra'u otam, which you shall proclaim. Whether at their proper time or not, I have no appointed season save these. In other words, the festivals result from the proclamation. The calendar calculation that we carry out is a sort of um, optional extra. It's useful for us to carry out the calendar calculation because we don't really know what the Bet Din is doing. But the Rambam makes clear somewhere in the land of Israel there is a Bet Din that is declaring the new moon according, luckily according to the same calendar that we're using. And the fact that we keep the right festivals is because they are declaring the new moon, not because we are slavishly following the calendar. The calendar is just keeping us in check, in line with that bet din somewhere in the land of Israel. What does um, Rabbi Hoshua do? He goes to see Rabbi Dosa ben, ben Hurkanos. Balo etza Rabbi Dosa ben Hurkanos. Amarlo. Look, if we call into the question, if we call into question the bet din of Rabban Gamliel, we have to call into question the decisions of every single bet din since Moshe until now. And then he, he's going to quote a pasuk too. This is from the end of Kitis, uh, from the end of either Kitisa or Mishpatim, I think Kitisa. Moshe goes up and Aaron and Nadav and Avihu and the seventy elders of Israel. And they're not named. 
The seventy elders are not named. Why are the names of the elders not mentioned? To teach you that every group of three that's acted as a court over Israel, every Bet Din has the status of the Bet Din of Moshe. And by the way, this is a Bet Din of three. So this is not the great Bet Din of 71. A Bet Din of three has the same status as the Bet Din of Beit Dino Shel Moshe. What does what does Rabbi Yoshua do? Natal, he's satisfied. So he takes his staff and his money, goes to Yavne, to Rabban Gamliel. On the day that should have been Yom HaKippur, according to his account. Amad Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel rose up and kisses him on his head. Amarlo, Bova Shalom. Come in peace, Rabbi Vitalmidi, my my teacher. First, he says, my teacher. And Rabbi Yeshua is the previous generation. First, he says, my teacher, and then my student. Rabbi B'chokhmah, my teacher in wisdom. Vitalmidi Shegibalta Devarai, and my student that you've accepted my words. And we still have in the Sifra, the Sifra is the Halachic Midrash on Vayikra, and it explains if they sanctified it without witnesses, or witnesses came and testified and were going to be lying, how do we know that it's how do we know it's sanctified? Because the text says, Asher Tikru'u Otam Moadai. These are the 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 fest the feasts that you proclaim these are my festivals if you proclaim them they're my festivals if not they're not my festivals and the sifra goes on if they sanctified it on purpose or unwittingly or mistakenly in other words they deliberately make a mistake or they mistakenly must make a mistake it doesn't make any difference if they proclaim the feasts they are the right feasts if you proclaim them they are my festivals and if not they are not my festivals. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>